When I was younger, uh, I realized that I was slightly terrified of girls. And I'm really thinking back more of like, you know, when was that feeling that was more maybe middle school and high school time period. And I think that's because, you know, here when you're younger, you're just kind of friends with people. And then all of a sudden you start to feel something different, you know, and that is not necessarily straight up like attraction or whatever, but it could be like a crush or you just have an interest in somebody or whatever. And then, you know, being younger, it's like you don't always know how to deal with that. And I did not know how to deal with that. And it was scary. And I did not want anybody to find out. So the result, I think for me, was like I ended up sort of being like the friend and nice guy and that kind of thing. But I was not going to sort of share how, exactly how I felt about people. And then as I grew up, I, you know, again, I did have girlfriends and dated people but looking back at that too usually when that happened it would be would become friends with the person first and then sometimes i would develop into having a relationship as i was kind of getting ready for this episode and thinking about that more i realized that i had this kind of dirty feeling is the best way to describe it that you know why what was wrong with that time period and I, and when i think back i'm like i could tell there was something that was not right and that felt dirty and i really think now it's because like i kind of knew like i'm not really being open and honest or i wasn't being open and honest with the, the people around me about how i did feel especially if i had a, like a crush on somebody and then just kind of internalize that and did not share it why did i do that you know when i think back on it I, I think that maybe i was a little bit scared of saying it to the person that that um in one ways, I've heard people say this, that I'm afraid of offending the person. You know, you say something and then they're not ready for it and they step back and, you know, and it just gets weird and awkward. Um, and I think like that was in my mind. My mom also, I think, kind of taught me like not to go pressure people. And so I had that in my head of like, well, I you know, don't want to tell the person I like them because then that might pressure them and that's not cool. So I ended up just kind of having this line that I just feared to kind of cross where I would have an interest in the person. I would hold myself back. I would not kind of make any kind of connection because I was afraid of losing, I think that that, that sort of, I'm going to say friendship or that connection that I already had with them. And if I admitted some of these thoughts and feelings, that was going to change things, you know, for better or worse in my mind. And it just was too damn scary. So uh, the end result was some frustration there with, with myself, because again, just looking back on it, you know, I never acted and I really wasn't aware at the time of, I'm going to say how frustrating I think that was. But now having better perspective, I can look back and be like, no, that was kind of kind of a problem. It's not good to hold yourself back. You have a little bit of emptiness, you know, about knowing in like in your heart that kind of something's missing that you're not fulfilling. I wanted to have better connections um, with people like I knew that, but I was also afraid to take the risk to get it. And, you know. I, I, honestly, a lot of times I think I'd be stuck in that friend zone, you know, and that would be my ultimate, it would be me doing that, but it would be because I'm not being authentic and I'm not communicating how I actually feel. So it really took me years to lower my guard and figure out how to kind of get those things that I wanted, you know, those that, that connection and that closeness to people. Again, trying to think about like preparing for this episode, like, what changed with me and how did I actually get there? And I don't think it's a simple answer. It's not like, oh, I just did this and that did it. When I think back for myself, I mean, I think it took years 
um, and just learning about things. You know, I, had, I learned a lot about people, how people are. I had to learn that I had misconceptions about women in particular and how women think and what women like and all that stuff. You know, and it was like it, there was things that were kind of put in my head and I believed it. And it took me years to kind of be able to see beyond that. Um, so it was a long kind of slow process. The other thing though, too, was that like vulnerability and authenticity, I would never have used those words back then, but I had to sort of learn that like taking the chance and like showing how you feel about somebody like that, that can actually help create those connections that I wanted, you know, and that was sort of terrifying for me. So to kind of learn that, no, you, you know, in doing that and in being a little bit vulnerable and sharing that, like then you're actually getting those things that you want. So today we're going to really talk about and like focus on what the skills are for learning how to express your interests and your desires so that it kind of triggers that attraction in other people. And uh, you can help develop that romantic or that sexual connection that you want. So this episode really is about getting what you want. And it's by using that authenticity to kind of ask for the things you want. But also, I want to emphasize this, in doing so, why that becomes attractive, how that kind of flips some of those sort of triggers in other people and why it's going to help them be attracted to you versus like me, where I was just like scared it was going to push people away. Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you develop authentic approaches for flirting and connecting with others. As sex-positive educators and volunteers serving our local national community, we've met a lot of people who felt stuck and frustrated because they didn't know how to connect with the people they were attracted to. So Ethical Seduction was started as a way to have discussions about flirting, seduction, and forming authentic connections. Presented in a format that not only helps us develop better skills, but also helps us understand our impact and our effect on others. It's our belief that seduction, when done well, should be good for all those involved. And the time and effort you put into flirting with somebody should be seen as a positive, giving experience that helps show people who you are and that you care. Thanks a lot for joining us. I'm your host, Stephen, and today I'm here with my fellow kinky fun and sex relationship educators, Ava and Brand. Hello. Hi. Listen, do you all know the plural of the word clitoris? We just went through this. I'm sorry. You asked me what, what are I was we doing it again? We never had any difference between the last recording and this, and so I'm doing it again. Do you know the plural? <laughs> Clitorides. 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 R I D E S. Clitorides. There Love those clitty clitty rides. I, yeah. feel, I feel good about clitty, it. Okay, that's how they're remember. Yeah, Ava's got it done. Okay, well, thank you for bringing that up now twice, Brandy, on two consecutive You're so welcome. Episodes. I'm just trying to... Is there is there a word for like multiple... Like what is the plural for anus? Can can oh, you tell us what that is? Po- polyanuses. I will, polyanus. back, I will report back on the next episode. <laughs> the plural of anus. Oh, man. Yeah, I would I would like the actual word, but that's 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 good, Stephen. I I'll Okay, so any listeners, one. if you happen to okay. think that you know, real or not real, th- yeah. but you think you know what the plural word for anuses should be, you can leave us a message yeah. at uh, ethicalseduction.com. Just yeah. click on the voicemail thing. Just let us know what you think. <laughs> our our show's getting dirt. We're supposed to be like a clean podcast. We're not clean. We're so not clean. 
We're so also I dislike the word clean. That's fair. What I'm pure or impure. I'm a fucking human being. Like that's all I am. That's no, right. clean, we are dirty. dirty. You're so dirty. We this is a dirty podcast. podcast. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> You're the one talking about being dirty. I don't know. Right. I don't mm. All right. If you would like to have better conversations, I have prepared a guide for better conversations at the ethicalseduction.com uh, website. You can go there. It's it's a downloadable PDF, but that's free. It's a guide to connecting conversations. It's one of the things we talk about a lot about on here. And I have realized like conversations are kind of the, the glue of everything we do here with flirting. And so I wanted to kind of put together something that I felt would just really help people. And so it tries to outline it. Some of it, people, somebody might read through there and be like, well, this is a little bit basic, but it's one of those things like, if you know it, great. But there, I think will be other parts in there that, that maybe people don't know. And so we do talk about like if, how to deal with some anxiety. We cover converse, uh, concepts such as like conversational threading, which is kind of interesting. So it's just designed to help you. I was going to say, even if you do, I feel like you already know the basics are good to review. It's just to give give people ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it helps. And if, if it does, great. And if it doesn't, if I miss something, then please you know, let me know so we can add it in. So I share some of my own experiences with, you know, not being uh, able to like really authentically express myself. What, what about, do you all have anything like a similar story or a similar feeling that you've gone through? Ava, I'm assuming you've been authentic since you were born. That's just the way I, you come across to me, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know. I mean, does that resonate with, you know, have you all been in, feel similar at all? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely do. I, but I'm in a, you're always in, well, I'm in a continuous state of learning and unlearning. And once you know better, you, you should do better and, and speak from a more informed point of view. Um, and so I feel like I'm just constantly not even evolving um, because that almost makes it feel like you're, you're improving. And sometimes I take step back, steps back and I learn knowledge and it's incorrect or um, I might judge it or something like that. So I'm always changing and always trying to do better. It's a fair point. Yeah. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly figuring it out. We're constantly calibrating with ourselves, our needs, our wants, desires, and everybody else is around us. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, honestly, I, it's so ironic that you said that Stephen, because of all the topics that we've done on this podcast, this is probably the one that I struggle with the most, which is really asking for what I want. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that does that does surprise me because I feel maybe you are so strong about like how important it is mm-hmm. because you don't think you're very good at it. It is very important and so I spend a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it and then I come off as a subject matter expert when the actuality is is I'm I struggle the most so I dig into it the most, right? Okay. Like that's okay. that's what's actually happening here. And mm-hmm. for me like I I think I mentioned in the last episode like I would rather commit to going on a date with someone that I know there's already a click, I know there's already chemistry, I know we already vibe, I know I can already trust you. I would rather develop that rapport and that like baseline foundational friendship with somebody first um, before I even consider like the romantic stuff or the sexual stuff. Right. Um, And the thing of it is, is that once you have that baseline foundational friendship, chemistry, whatever established, oh, now you have something at risk. Now you have something that you might lose. So do I risk that going away by asking for what I want and then risk them being weirded out and, running away from me. Some people might do that. Some people might not, but I won't know that unless I take that risk. Am I willing to take that risk? 
That's a scary mm-hmm. step. It's scary to be mm-hmm. that vulnerable. Um, and I would say for anybody else that has been in that situation where you choose to be reactive and not be the person that puts yourself out there and asks for what you want, one, you're not alone. Two, it's okay if you don't feel safe enough to put yourself out there. There's nothing wrong with that. We have all been there. Some of us are still there. Some of us still struggle with it. Some of us are going to struggle with it our entire lives. And that's okay. My hope is that like this topic in this episode will teach people how to approach making those types of changes if that's what they want. But it's not about saying like you're doing it wrong or you'll never get what you want unless you put yourself out there. Like it's okay if you're not there yet. But when you are there, gosh, I hope that we have something here that's going to be helpful for you. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help make it easier so that you can can do it. So before we talk about the benefits, because I think there's definitely benefits to being that, you know, taking that risk and being able to put yourself out there. Before we talk about the benefits, let's talk about the dangers, because again, there are certain dangers. The big one that in my mind that I personally, I think struggled with was like that, that this risk of loss, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, like I said earlier, it's like, I have a bit of a connection with this person. I'm realizing I like them or maybe want more or something like that. If I change that somehow, there is that risk that the person goes, no, and then I sort of lose what I already have, right? And so mm-hmm. that is a risk. And I think that is one of those things of like, it's not made up in my head. I think it is a real risk. I think I might overblow it, you know, and sometimes hold myself back and not be willing to kind of take that chance. But I think that that is one of the dangers. Are there other things that, that you all think of? Like, what are the risks that are keeping it internal to yourself, what are the dangers that are associated there? Reputation. Reputation, what do you mean? If I ask someone out and they decide that I'm not good enough for them, are they telling everybody else and laughing at me behind my back? Oh, mm-hmm. so that's like fear of re- like rejection, but also kind of public, almost like public shaming? Yeah, almost like public shaming, not intentionally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, where I am in life right now, like that's not a super high concern on my list. But mm-hmm. it is something that like, if I know that this information is public, like how does that impact the way that people perceive me? It's a factor. Yeah, no, repu- that's a good point. Let's move on into like the benefits. You know, what what makes it, why should I take the risk? Like, What are the benefits that are going to make me go ahead and take this risk? Yeah, this is going to be difficult. I mean, hmm. okay. One of the things I noticed though, was that when I did take the risk and I did put myself out there, there was like this weight lifted off my shoulders, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, I wasn't even really, when I was younger, aware that I carried so much, you know, Mm -hmm. around with me. But when you're able to kind of be authentic and in some ways, let's not worry about like what the other person thinks, you know, but you're actually being yourself. When you're doing that, there is a weight lifted off your shoulders. There's, There's pressure that is no longer there. Well, sure, I do. I think there is a difference, though, in saying, okay, I have expressed this, this sentiment that I've wanted to say for a long time, or and I feel better having expressed that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be better. Because so you you do have to weigh the risk involved in, okay, if I say this, how will that potentially impact this? And am I okay with that? Yeah, you know. Well, and you made me think, are you okay with nothing changing? Because to right. me, that's where even when I was younger, I was like, eh, I don't know that I would have said, yes, I'm okay with nothing changing. I think I would have looked at myself and been like, no, I can tell I want more. 
you know, or I can tell I want a connection and I can tell mm-hmm. I want to do, do certain thing, you know? And so not moving ha- it was its own problem. Oh, sure. I think to Absolutely. me. Yeah. yeah. For me, I think the, the possible, the for sure benefit is all of the cards are going to be face up on the table. At least now I know where I stand with them and they know where they stand with me. Like bare minimum by coming to the table with that level of transparency, everybody knows where they stand with each other. Cards up. Um, And even if they don't reciprocate your feelings or are not interested in reciprocating your feelings, gosh, at least now you know, like that's a weight off of your chest, right? That might mean the next little chapter might be kind of painful or awkward or weird. Um, But gosh, at least now you know, at least you're not holding on to this if only I could say something, right? Mm -hmm. And if it does go well, if they do reciprocate or are interested in reciprocating, then your wants, needs, desires have the potential to be met. And geez, wouldn't that be awesome? I think uh, another benefit of like telling people and being authentic is that you tend to make them feel good. If you're, if I'm walking Mm -hmm. up, you know, to you, Ava, and I'm telling you, hey, I'm interested in you and here's why. Like those are basically compliments, you know, that are going to be real. They're real things, you know, that I think are really kind of cool about you, right? The end result is like, even if you're not interested in me, I have made you feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I have added to your your day and things like that. So if, if I approach and say something to you, I'm interested in you, okay? I think it's good for me to like not put pressure on you that you have to be interested in me back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give you the freedom to to not be. But for me to express myself that way doesn't, it, I think it only helps, it makes you feel good. That's only going to help you feel good you know, hopefully good about me, you know, or, or look at me with, with a positive, positive kind of way. I think there's a flip side of that too, though. Like a person could take that as, yes, I'm so flattered. That does make me feel good. And also crap. I feel so awkward because I don't reciprocate. I don't know what to say. I'm not a big fan that you like me because I don't want that kind of attention from you. So like, yes, it has the potential to go well. It also has the potential to backfire too, depending on the person and the energy and the execution. Yeah, which I think that's where it goes back to the, there are risks. Yeah. You know, but I think if you don't take the risk, I think that's, are you okay staying? Ava, you have talked about this. If you want option one is you do nothing, are you okay Mm -hmm. with that? You know, and I think that's a good question to ask. And an option two, if you decide like, no, I need to do something then just take the risk. And if it, if it does not work, it does not work, you know, and you will meet somebody else. You know, that hopefully is is a is a good fit. The other thing I was thinking with this is that when you express yourself like that and you you when you take the chance to say it like that is sort of demonstrating a certain level of confidence and comfortableness with yourself, you know, that the other person is allowed to turn you down, you know, you're willing to take this risk. So by expressing yourself, by taking that risk, you you're doing something that is showing confidence and is showing bravery and you know that you think of yourself well enough that you're going to go ask for the things you want and that i think leads into some of the attraction things we're talking about like if if me and let's say me and you were like hanging out and we're friends but then you're wanting you're starting to feel more than a friendship develop and you're wanting to, we're talking about the risk and benefits of expressing that attraction. 
this episode is really just on like why it's important to express your feelings to other people. That okay. keeping them keeping them to yourself mm-hmm. is a problem. So for me personally, when I was younger, I think I often became friends with people. So my hurdle was like, okay, how am I? I'm going to take this risk and try to change that. You know, from friends to romantic partners. But I think the bigger picture is really just of like, what are the dangers of not expressing who you are? Mm. Yeah, I think it could be really stifling after a while. Um, and then it can become a situation where if you, you could feel like you're almost not being your authentic self and, and you're kind of faking your way through those interactions just for the uh, idea of keeping it in that safe contained space. Um, so if you do take the risk, you know, I think you need to allow yourself and the other person or persons a lot of grace, um, through that in terms of they might be like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the most flattering thing I've heard today. And, you know, but you can't, and, and hope that you go into it and they receive it with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be difficult to have that mindset and not put expectations on it. I've said a lot of dumb things in my life, right? And people, you all are probably in this in this group where I can say some dumb stuff, right? But you all somehow look at me and be like, well, Steve has good intentions. He didn't really mean the exact word. Like you sort of know, like I have this good heart and then it's coming from a good place, right? So the words I say, somehow you all, as you said, Brandy, you give me some grace, right? And I'm not in trouble or you guys don't think of me poorly, okay? So I have noticed that before, just of my own self of like having conversations with people where I'm like, why did that, why was that maybe not offensive to a person or why were they okay with you know, me saying that? What I've gotten out of that, I think, is that as we approach somebody, if I'm, if I'm approaching you know, you, and I have good intentions sort of in my heart, okay, that I think that gets expressed and the other person picks up on that. So I think that's where if I'm, if I'm coming to you and I'm being honest and I'm being open and I'm being vulnerable about it, I think that that gets picked up. And then the other person is very, usually very gracious and, you know, gives you the benefit of the doubt. And it allows, allows you to say some dumb stuff sometimes and not get in trouble for it you know, because they know that you were coming from a good place. So that's been my personal experience. But I think that that, that's what I want to pass on to people is like, just Mm -hmm. you're coming from a good place. Trust that that is going to get picked up by the other person. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about suggestions though, for opening up and making it safe and easy. Because I think ultimately that's what we're trying to, to, to do, you know, is that everybody wants to be able to talk about how they feel what are some tips that we can do to make that safer or easier? First thing that comes to mind for me is uh, offering an out. That's usually my first like strategy anytime I'm putting something on the table for another person is uh, there's no right or wrong answer. You're not obligated to say yes. If this doesn't interest you, it won't hurt my feelings. I promise I won't be offended. And then go ahead and make the ask. Mm-hmm. Give that buffer of like you have an out. I won't hold this against you. That layer of reassurance of like, everybody should know that they can say no, but sometimes it's helpful to have that reminder. What were you going to say, Brandy? Pretty much her same sentiment. And the way that you 
might get excited about you finally taking that step to say something because you might have built yourself up to it over days and days and days. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Continue to still hold some space for if the outcome isn't the way you anticipated. Um, because if you if you bring that intention into into that interaction, sometimes you can just inadvertently put pressure on it and not even realize it. You can you can come on too strong. Um, and so just while you're excited about finally making that first move or whatnot, um, still hold space for if it doesn't go as planned. And that's perfectly fine. Another strategy that you can try um, is to say that you don't need, frame it in a way that you don't need an answer right then and there. Don't put them on the spot to give a yes or no in the moment. Um, you know, and you can do that a couple of different ways that come to my mind. Um, like, you know, I don't need an answer right now. Please think about it. Like, I don't want to pressure you into something right now. Like, tell me tomorrow how you're feeling about this. And if it's a no, that's okay. Right. Or, um, a way that I really like to do it is just to say, you know, if you were ever interested in X, Y, Z with me, like I would so be here for it. Like you just let me know, put the ball in their court. Like, Hey, just so you know, I have an interest in this and I would so be here for this for you. I'm not asking you, I'm just letting you know. So if you ever want to initiate with me, you can. That kind of that kind of sentiment, that kind of attitude, make it safe for them to initiate the plan. That's I was just going to say that my question here was like, what, you know, what suggestions do we have for, say, listeners to make it safe and easy for listeners? And the suggestion then what I'm getting is like when that listener goes up and approaches that person and is going to be open and honest, make it you know, safe and easy for the other person to be able to, you know, give the feedback, you know, of whether they're interested, not interested, how they feel. And so, yeah, it really kind of comes down to, I think if we can make it safe and easy for the other people, then, you know, we're going to get better results. Yeah. And we're going to be we're open and willing in some ways to be turned down, you know, that we're going to be like, if that happens, okay, then that happens. And if, you know, for me, again, looking back, if somebody didn't you know, if I was interested in somebody romantically and they were not interested in me romantically, that does not necessarily mean I'm going to lose the friendship like I was so fearful of. You know, the chances are it would be like, okay, we've just established now. We're just going to be friends. That's mm -hmm. it. Now, now we can just do that. And I don't have to have this expectation or this hope that is not going to actually happen. It can actually make me, you know, be at that better friend level. Yeah. Something that I really appreciate about sort of the community that, that we exist in. There are so many people that, that have this similar mindset that I've kind of adopted, um, into my own life. And I feel so strongly about now, but like 10 years ago, I never would have envisioned this as being okay. It's okay for you to be attracted to your friends. That's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with having some romantic or sexual chemistry or both with people that you're in platonic friendship relationships with, that's okay. Um, especially if you have more of like a sex positive lifestyle, like most of us do, like mm -hmm. that's okay. I, some of, some of like my favorite, like sexual shenanigan memories are with people that I have romantic chemistry with, but no romantic relationship with. It's okay to like feel some of those feels without saying we need to step onto the relationship escalator because there's chemistry between us. No, you don't. If I did that with every single person that I had chemistry with, I wouldn't have time to sleep or literally do anything else because I would just be engaging with all the people that I had chemistry with all the time. Mm -hmm. You can enjoy friendships with people that have sexual chemistry without needing to turn it into something big, right? Mm -hmm. So whether whether 
um, indulging in like romantic energy or sexual energy is on the table for you or on the table for them or not, it's still perfectly valid and okay to feel that attraction for somebody that you're just friends with. Um, you know, while there's always like a, a time and place to have that, that discussion with each person based on, on the situation, you also want to identify when to do it like early versus late. Because if you're already like super invested and are emotionally connected and you're not sure if they are, it's just going to make it harder for you to be able to openly accept their reply. While there is, while you need to put thought into it and approach it in in a timely fashion or manner. It's just also don't get so far in that you're like, oh my God, I, I love you. Or some, and then they're like, "Whoa, wait, we are to come totally not on the same page." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's fair. Getting on the same page sooner rather than later—that's a good call yeah. out, I think. Okay, yeah. thanks for summing that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another another thought that I had, like we were talking about making it like safe um, and easy, right? And I think there's a physical aspect that people can keep in mind. Also, I want to say we talked about this once upon a time in an episode a long, long time ago about. Um, like don't pin someone in the corner of a room when you make the ask, mm-hmm. make sure that they have like the physical ability to walk mm-hmm. away from you easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we did. That was, I think we covered that like with body language. You mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. yeah. You're not realizing it, but like how you're positioning your body towards the other person can, can feel intimidating, you know, and trapping them. So that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, let me mention about attraction. You know that uh, here we are saying like take the chance and open up, and if you do that and you tell and talk to the person about how you actually feel, a lot of people are not necessarily clicking in with like how does that actually help somebody feel attraction towards us? You know why should we take that risk? Okay, so one of the things that we've covered on some of these past episodes, okay, is that in my mind it's like vulnerability and courage when you combine them very often create traction or feel attraction. So vulnerability plus courage is is, attract, is attractive, okay? So when you're taking that chance, you know, to open up and show this part of yourself and admit this part of yourself, you're being vulnerable. But the flip side that is not always thought about is you're also being courageous and you're being brave, you know, and you're taking that chance. And that, being brave and courageous, those are attractive traits, you know? So, so doing this, and being vulnerable like that, you're actually showing the other person like, hey, look at me, like I'm, I'm a brave, you know, responsible person. And, and there's also trust that goes into that, you know, that you are, I'm taking the chance, I'm going to tell you how I actually feel, I'm trusting you with this information. Trust is that one thing that is like super attractive, and we don't think of it that way. You know, it's just, we just do not think of trust as like an attractive quality and it's probably one of the strongest things because again if you don't have trust that's a a foundational thing and if the trust is not there you don't have anything and if you are attractive and mess up and you know break that trust then that attraction just goes away and ava i always think of you you were like and it's probably not coming back Mm -hmm. you know it's like you get that one yeah you know you've lost and to get it back would take a whole lot of work and it probably is not so. Yeah, you lose trust, you lose respect, whatever feelings that I had for you. If I feel anything now, it's going to be discussed. So, yeah. like, that's just where it lands. Yeah. And I think just one thing I want to mention before we wrap this up is, 
you know, I think sometime during this episode, we might have gotten a little bit heavy in the energy. And while it's a serious topic and, and there's known risks involved and unknown risks involved and then there's benefits to it, it can still be, you know, lighthearted and fun the way you do it. It doesn't have to be a, we need to sit down and talk. Um, Oof. you know, so it's, it just, I want point. to acknowledge that, that I, I do think we got a little bit deeper into it than, um, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good that's point. That's how you should present it. You know, yeah. is that again, to make it safe and, oh, this is not a serious topic. This is just something I'm just going to tell you how I feel, you know, it's, and it is lighthearted mm-hmm. that, that actually does make it safer and easier for the other person. Yep. The last thing I was going to say is just self-confidence. You know, that when you're actually voicing how you feel, that is showing that you care about yourself, that these things are important to you, that you have the confidence to do it. Again, everybody's like, you know, how do I get more confidence? How do I show confidence? Well, a lot of it is just taking that that leap, you know, and and being authentic and being real. And you do that a little bit. And I think usually most of the time you find out people like you. And that helps you grow and it just, it snowballs. You know, the more you do this and take these little chances and they're successful, the easier it is in the, in the future, in the future. Yeah. And I would say that. of successful vulnerability. Yeah. Little tiny And I, I do think that's what happened with me. I think that, you know, over, over time I grew and it, and it just got easier and easier, Mm -hmm. but it was not a one like, oh, I just did this and I manned up and I just pushed through it. It's like, that's, that is not what I did. And I don't think that actually is, is good advice. I'm Um, Steven and I bought cool sunglasses and a cape and now I'm awesome. I do. I do have a cape. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So just kind of summarize things, you know, Mm -hmm. for being authentic, you want to be as authentic as you possibly can, I think for your own good. Um, if you're trying to be that good person and treat other people well, I think that that's going to come across to them and they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, and if somebody doesn't like you, I think as Ava would probably say, like, well, fuck them. Fuck them. You know? Yeah. Um, also, it takes the weight off. If you're walking around and you're like hiding who you are all the time, there is this weight on your shoulders. You're probably not aware of it when you're on the other side and you are have that freedom and that comfort Mm -hmm. of being yourself, there is this weight that is lifted off of you Mm -hmm. and that is wonderful. So that is definitely worth it. Uh, Again, being vulnerable ends up showing courage, showing bravery, and that helps flipping some of those attractive attraction switches. Expressing your interest, admitting that you like somebody, that you find out that they're really cool and telling them why you like them and why you're drawn to them. All that's going to do is like, it's going to be flattering and it's going to be a nice thing. And then part of me is like, why would you just keep that to yourself? Why would you, you know, why would you keep that a secret? It just seems like a shame and it would be nice to kind of tell somebody else. You can do it tactfully. Do not do it in a creepy way, but it would be, you know, you sh- I think you should express it to people. We do not give each other compliments enough. Yeah, you, everyone has to develop their own style and technique that works for them and that they're comfortable with at the end of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And attraction, I really think in many ways, you go back to like evolution, how does evolution work? Attraction is like, if you're, you're going to be attracted to people who benefit your life and make your life easier. 
you know, in some form or function, okay? So it's not like you have to do this big kind of thing. It's stuff like trust building ends up being like attractive, right? Because like, oh, I can now trust you. You're on my side, you got my back, you know, that we, we've got a connection there. You know, you're gonna make my life easier and I know I can count on you. And that ends up being an attractive, attractive trait. So a lot of the stuff that we do, anything that's gonna help somebody and make their life easier and better is going to be attractive. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to somebody honestly in a way that is going to help them feel supported, you know, and that you've you were there for them, that that's going to that's going to help flip some of that attractive. They're going to wa- want to be around you and they're going to probably trust you more. Pick people that you want them to be on your team and then mm-hmm. see if they want to be on your team. I think that's what it all boils down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And that kind of goes back like last episode, I was talking about like, I want to be around really cool people, you know, yep. that, that, that's, that was, I, I was able to recognize that that was a valuable thing to me. That's what I wanted, you know, like more high quality people. Yeah. Which is why I'm with you too. <laughs> like today's show please remember to follow us um that way you can get our future episodes so whatever your podcast player of choices you can follow us if you'd like um if you know anybody that might like our show please mention us to them word of mouth is how most people find out about us and if you're on apple Podcasts and you feel like living leaving us a review we would love that uh, apple cares a lot about reviews so that would help us out help spread the word also, please don't forget that if you go to ethicalseduction.com, you can get the, the free guide that we put together for connecting conversations and really try to think about like what is the stuff that people are going to need help with. So some of it might be basic, you already know, but I really think there's going to be probably some things in there that everybody's going to learn about. Uh, conversational threading comes to mind. That's one of those topics that sounds a little nerdy. I don't think people walk around going like, oh, let's talk about conversational threading. And it's one of those things. It's in there. And when you read it, I think you'll be like, okay, I get it. I understand it. And that, as an example, is really just to help give you more options when you're having a conversation. So when you hit that dead end and you don't know what to do, you can thread it in a different direction, as an example. But also, like, nerds are sexy. So that's fine, too. There you go. Conversation threading is sexy. Be a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to follow us on social media, we're on all the main platforms, Instagram, Facebook, FetLife. Everybody knows FetLife, Reddit. So, yeah, check us out. Um, Ava and Brandy, thanks a lot. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Rock and roll. Thank you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>